Welcome to the Awakened Mom Life Podcast. My name is Christina Bentel, and I'm a spiritual teacher and life growth specialist. I'm here to help you with your spiritual awakening so you can find your purpose, experience more passion, and have more joy in your life. If you're ready to uplevel your spiritual game, your life, relationships, and your career, then you're in the right place. My goal here is to help you see your infinite potential and your divine truth, and to teach you how to apply all of these lessons to your modern way of life. I'm thrilled that the universe has brought us together, so let's jump right in. Hello, my loves, and welcome back. I'm excited about today's show. So if you are a mom who is constantly putting yourself on the back burner and you're always putting everyone else first, then this show is for you. We're talking about some of the main myths behind self-care. We're going to be doing some major myth-busting today. Because, you know, society doesn't teach us to take care of ourselves as when we grow up, we're just not taught the self-care is important because we live in a society that doesn't really care if you're happy or joyful. As long as you're productive, you're going to work, you're paying your bills, then that's what society cares about. But in our modern world, we need to be able to take care of ourselves in a way that we've not been taught. So it is time to change these paradigms. It's time to shift some of those crappy thoughts. In this episode, we're really going to be talking about why self-care is not selfish, why you can't pour from an empty bucket, why lack of self-care is actually really detrimental to your mental, physical, and emotional well-being. We're going to be talking about why you are actually teaching people to treat you badly by not taking care of yourself. And finally, we're going to talk about what self-care really is and what it isn't. I think that this is really going to surprise you. So stay tuned to the end to find out some really juicy nuggets about how you can actually take care of yourself. So let's jump right in. Number one myth, self-care is selfish. And this was one for me for a long, long time. You know, as a small child, uh, I was naturally a nurturer, which I'm sure a lot of you moms are too, if you're listening. Uh, I remember plenty of days where I was taking care of my babies and my dollies and making sure that they were always well fed. And, um, you know, inadvertently as a child, I was taught that asking for things to fulfill my needs was selfish. Uh, there was so much going on in, in our world growing up that, um, you just, you didn't express yourself and you didn't ask for the things that you needed. And I carried that with me for a long time. Uh, I remember one of the most vivid memories for me when it comes to uh, being self-care, being selfish, was I was in my early 20s and, and I had a friend who wasn't much of a friend. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. You you have a friend who is just they're more needy, they ask for more than they give, you are constantly putting them first. Well, this friend of mine, uh, I was supposed to be in her wedding and I had bought the bridesmaid dress, I had bought everything and I was ready. Uh, even at that point in my life, I, I knew that this friendship was very unbalanced and I just felt very off by it. Um, it was one of those friends what I would just dread when she would call. But I felt like I needed to be there for her because asking for for anything in return would be simply selfish and that would just be wrong for me. Um, and at that point in my life, I was working a job that I, I really didn't like. I was pretty depressed and anxious. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. 
I remember driving home one day and I was already pretty upset and she called and she was yelling at me, blah, 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 like something else that didn't go right and something else that was wrong with the wedding. And she was the, uh, she was the picture for a bridezilla. She was just, just not a very good person in general, which, uh, when I look back on it, I realized that, um, I, at that point in our relationship, I was just fed up. And that conversation was it for me. Like that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I lost it. I was driving down the expressway, like I said, on my way home from work. And I remember, um, sitting there and listening to her talk and tears streaming down my face of like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And I remember as soon as she stopped long enough to take a breath to pause, I said, I'm done. I don't want to be in your wedding. Like you haven't even asked how I'm doing. I can't do this anymore. You don't care about me. You don't care about anything but yourself. And I'm done with you. I just lost it. I never spoke to her again. And, um, from that day forward, I remember so having so much guilt for speaking my voice. And I had so much guilt for a long time of, of finally telling someone how I felt. And, um, you know, it's one of those things that you don't realize that you're not taking care of yourself. You don't realize how bad it is until you lose it. And mamas, I am sure that you have been there. I am sure there's memories that, that you have of, of those times where you just, you lost it, a panic attack, anxiety attack, where you just kind of, you're, you're done. Um, and that was it for me. And that was a pretty young age. That was in my early twenties because I felt like self-care was selfish. Well, look, here's the thing. You know, when they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first on an airplane, there's a reason for that. Because you can't take care of other people until you take care of yourself. And often it, you probably hear it so much that you're like, oh, that's just some hokey saying that they say, but it's so, so true because you cannot support others until you support yourself first. It, it reminds me of a great book that I read and it's about pouring from an empty bucket. So you've got a bucket, right? A bucket that you wake up with every single morning. It's your energy level. It's your, your compassion, your empathy. It's everything inside of you of who you are. And when you wake up and you don't take care of your, yourself first, you're slowly pouring from a bucket that is draining more and more and more. Because what's happening is you're never filling your bucket up. So say you start with a bucket that's half full every single day. And by the afternoon, you are depleted. You're exhausted, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're irritated. So do you really think self-care is selfish? If by not taking care of yourself, you're, you're just nasty and downright rude to everybody? Or do you think that it's actually helpful to take care of yourself first thing in the morning before you start emptying that bucket? If you wake up and you fill your bucket up and then you can nurture and support and be compassionate to those around you. Is that selfish? No, it's the last thing from selfish. It's actually one of those things that's it's counterintuitive. If you want to take care of other people and you want to take better care of other people, you have to take care of yourself first because you're doing a disservice to those around you when you don't. I really want you to think about that. I really want you to sit with that. And every time that you think like, me taking care of myself is selfish. I want you to think about, okay, if I don't do this, how will I treat those around me? 
with resent, with resentment because you're not, you're not getting what you need. Being grumpy and angry and irritated because you feel like you're at your wit's end. It's one of these paradigms that can take a while to shift because most women are taught not to take care of themselves. We are taught to be the nurturers, to be the ones that are compassionate and empathetic and constantly giving. But when you're doing that, you're, you're, you're not giving the best of yourself. You're giving what's left of yourself. And that's not the kind of person that you want to be. You want to be loving and caring and an amazing woman that I encourage you to, to rethink this. And anytime this little disempowering belief pops up into your mind that this is selfish, really think about that and, and second guess it. One of the greatest lessons for me um, in finally releasing this was realizing that what is the definition of selfish? Selfish behavior is when you do something that can be hurtful to someone else. Selfish behavior is is hurtful. So is self-care hurtful to someone else? No. If you're taking care of yourself in a healthy, responsible way, no, it's not. If you're doing something and you're... So let's say you decide you want to go get a massage and you drain your bank account without telling your husband. Mm, that's a little selfish. Or you decide that you're going to take some extra time after work to go for a walk at the park and you don't tell your husband and you don't tell anybody. That's a little selfish. Do you see the difference between self-care with responsibility and being responsible to those around you while also taking care of yourself? So that's a key thing to ask yourself. Is this selfish? Am I being responsible? Am I being responsible for myself? Am I being responsible to others? Then it's not selfish. So number two, we often sacrifice self-care because we're too busy trying to save everyone else. So I want to be the first one to tell you this. If no one ever has, stop trying to be a martyr because it actually backfires. When you are trying to be the martyr and you're trying to save everyone else, you're actually enabling people. And you aren't empowering. And I want to tell you this. If you want to be an awakened, conscious mother... You want to focus on empowering people because what happens when you enable is you become stressed, you become resentful, you become anxious, you become irritated, you become frustrated. These are all of the things that you start to bottle up. And again, it goes back to our first point. Is it selfish to take care of yourself and to be happy? No. So do the things that you need to do by empowering people and Letting people live their own lives. So I want to share a story. When my, my daughter was first born, I struggled to speak up to my husband. He was stressed. I was stressed. We were both kind of like butting heads. I'm sure that you as a mother have gone through this. Uh, having a baby, especially a newborn, when you're first-time parents, it, it's difficult. I remember I needed more alone time. I am very much an introvert. I love my alone time. I love my quiet time. I love my reflection time. I was feeling so guilty. I was breastfeeding and I was up every three to four hours. I had this baby attached to my side and I felt immense guilt. Guilt that my husband was feeling the stress and I was on maternity leave. So I need to suck up all of the stress and not ask for any help. 
Um, I wasn't getting any alone time. I wasn't getting any mean time. I wasn't getting any reflection time because I had a baby girl in my arms almost constantly. And there was one day that it became too much. Um, I had a meltdown. I remember my husband walking through the door. I had a baby girl in my arms and tears again streaming down my face. And I remember I was trying to save him. I was trying to save him by not speaking up. And I wanted to save his emotional well-being. I wanted to save him from the stress and all of these things. And what happened? It literally backfired. Because what happened is I had filled myself up with so much anxiety by not asking for help that I was kind of worthless for a couple of days while I recovered. Fortunately, uh, his mother was super, super helpful at the time. She was living close by and she came in and really helped. And because I asked my husband and he finally knew how overwhelmed I was, we were able to work together as a team and figure out what to do. So in all actuality, I wasn't saving him, although I thought that I was. I was just, I was enabling him to live in the dark by pretending that everything was okay with his wife that was at home and not speaking my voice. So I wasn't helping him in any way. You know, when we think that we're caring for somebody by rescuing them from unpleasant experiences in their own lives, we're, we're denying them the opportunity to face their own challenges and grow themselves. And this experience in my life was it was, it was crazy how much we grew from it because we started talking more. This was a point in our relationship where, um, we just, we really started communicating and communicating our needs and communicating what we wanted. And it took a lot of time from there, but that was like the point in the sand for us where we started to realize like we really need to talk. And a lot of marriages lack that ability to be able to communicate in a very effective way because you feel like you are protecting each other. And this is especially true for women. And this is one of the reasons why you don't ask for time to take care of yourself because you're thinking, oh, well, my husband has enough on his plate. So I don't want to ask for anything that I need. Well, do you realize the cycle that you're perpetuating by not asking for the care that you need? Again, you're showing up grumpy, frustrated, irritated anxious, depressed, how do you think that that impacts your spouse? You're directly impacting your spouse because you're sharing this energy, this energy in your household are all of these things. So when you're able to take a step back and ask for what you need, you give everybody around you permission to do the same, including your spouse, including your husband. And that's one of the healthiest things that you can do is allow each other to take care of yourselves, allow yourself to be the individuals that you are and do what you need to reflect and to do the things that fill you up and bring you joy. So I guarantee you that once you start doing this and you give yourself permission to take care of yourself and give yourself the permission to fill up your bucket with energy and happiness and fulfillment, your spouse, or your husband, or those people around you, you give them permission to do the same. And what happens is you all wind up feeling better. I can't tell you how much better my relationship has been with my husband and with my daughter and my in-laws and everyone around me since I started taking care of myself for these past few years when I've started exercising and started eating right and taking time to reflect, taking time to read, listen to podcasts, listen to music. Like these are things all that fill me up with so much joy. And for a long time, I felt like, well, I can't do that. That, that's not for me. I don't have time for that. Or the only time I did have time for it was on my hour drive home from my corporate job that I hated. And of course, that wasn't enough because I was 
losing so much of everything in my bucket every single day that I was never giving myself enough time to fill it back up. And I'm telling you that when you do, it is absolutely life-changing. So this next one, number three, I really want to encourage you to think about and think about really hard because the way you treat yourself is how you are teaching people to treat you. And I want to say this again because I think this is so incredibly important. The way you treat yourself is how you are teaching people to treat you. So when you um, don't take care of yourself, you put those signs out there that you are a rescuer and that you are a nurturer and that you will sacrifice yourself for anyone. You actually attract those sort of people. You attract the narcissist, the toxic people. I did this for a very long time myself. Uh, I was a doormat for much of my life because I was so afraid of taking care of myself and speaking up for myself. And I was surrounded by imbalance And those are the types of people that are attracted to you because they are takers and you're a giver. That's a lack of balance in your life. And that starts because of a lack of self-care. So do you feel like people take advantage of your kindness? Do you complain about people taking advantage of you? Like, do you have uh, conversations with your husband about people at work? Like, I can't believe that she did this again. Well, why did she do it again? Because you let her, you let him, you let people treat you that way. People only treat you the way you will allow them to. And that is a hard pill to swallow for if you're in the beginning of of your growth journey, that's a very hard pill to swallow because oftentimes we don't take accountability for the way our lives have ended up and you become a victim. So it's really hard to hear that there's a payoff in our behavior. There's always a payoff in how you act. So a great example of this is I spent my early years as a victim. I through and through was the poster child for what it meant to be a victim in this life. Um, You know, my life was hard. Uh, I went through all these challenges and everything was so hard for me. I feel sorry for me. Oh, woe was me. And um, the payoff for me, I desperately needed to be liked deep, deep down even if that meant that I was miserable. So it's not like I walked around being like, I need you to like me. I need you to like me. (laughs) The way it actually worked is that every single behavior and reaction in my life was based on this subconscious need to be liked. And it took a lot of work, a lot of self-reflection to realize this. It didn't just happen overnight where I'm like, oh, that's it. That's what I need to change. Uh, For me, it, it took a lot of growth in the sense of, why am I behaving this way? I would ask myself, like, I was a doormat. That I knew about myself, but I couldn't figure out why. Why am I a doormat? And then I slowly started going down this path of if someone does something that bothers me, uh, for example, I I worked at a job that I hated. There was a lot of jobs that I hated. (laughs) This one was, um, I was a receptionist and, uh, the, the, the job was 45 minutes away from where I lived. And each morning I would get there. I was supposed to be there at 8am on the dot. Sometimes I would stroll in at 8.03. There was this woman who would hover around my desk and, oh my gosh, this woman, she just, I, I don't know what her problem was, but, uh, she was formerly the receptionist. So if I walked in at 8.03, she had the phones forwarded back to her phones because it was so crucial that we answer the phones right at 8am. And that was a big deal for her. 
it drove me up the freaking wall. But I never said a word to her. I never expressed my frustration with her. I never told her that it was bothering me. This was one of those instances where I had to reflect on this a long time later because, I mean, it bothered me to the point where I would go out in my car and I would cry because I didn't feel like I was good enough. And then I had to realize, like, why don't I say anything to her? Why do I just let her do this to me? And um, she would go to my boss, actually, and tell my boss every time that she had to forward the phones. I think she was literally sitting over top of my desk at 801. And if I hadn't walked in the door, she forwarded the phones. So um, I, it took me a long time to reflect. It was instances like this where I would never speak up and I wouldn't tell someone if something bothered me to the point where I was being sexually harassed and um, a position and I didn't say a word. I took the harassment because I was afraid and once I started to really dig deep as to why I wasn't speaking up and why I wasn't taking care of myself, it's because I wanted to be liked. Deep down, I was more concerned with everyone else's feelings and making sure that they were okay with me than I was taking care of myself. And that was awful for me for, for many, many years. And if you're in this place where you can relate to this, I assure you, there is a payoff in your behavior. Um, I actually talk about this in the Awakened Mom Life um, Academy because it's something that is so near and dear to my heart of something that impacted me for a very long time. But there's a reason we act the way we do. And it's very subconscious and it's very deep-seated. But once you can get to the core of that, you can start evaluating your behavior and start figuring out, okay, that's why I do this. I'm ready to stop that. I'm ready to stop this behavior and I'm ready to, to start speaking up for myself. I'm ready to start taking care of myself. I'm stop, ready to stop being the victim in my life. So it does take a lot of work, but it's another one of those things that you deserve. You deserve better. And this is why self-care is so important because you're teaching people how to treat you. And it all starts with you. How are you treating yourself? Are you allowing yourself self-care? Are you taking care of yourself in a way that's fulfilling, that brings you joy, that brings you happiness? Because if you're not, then you're treating yourself like a victim, like you don't deserve this. And you do. You do. And this is the last thing that I want to leave you with. But all of these things are so important because what you are doing here is you are teaching your children about self-care. By not putting yourself first and not taking care of yourself and not speaking out for yourself, you're teaching your children this pattern, this cycle. And if you can't bring yourself to do these things for you, then I beg you to do it for your children and start with that. Start with you want to teach them better because they deserve better. Now that we've busted some of the top myths of self-care, let's talk about what self-care really looks like. And I think that this is a huge misconception because uh, in our society, we may associate self-care with just bubble baths and massages, right? Well, the reason you probably associate that is because um, people are trying to sell you crap, sell you things to make you think that this is self-care, do this and, and you'll feel better about yourself. Well, here, here's the thing. If it's not fulfilling you and it's not filling you up with joy and excitement, then it's not self-care. So if bubble baths aren't your thing, then there are a million other things that you can do to, to love yourself. Um, self-care is truly about being fully in the moment and embracing the present moment and living mindfully. 
So a couple of things that I do for my self-care, um, getting outside, being outside for me is self-care. It's, it's one of those things that connecting back with nature, seeing flowers, um, sometimes I'll take a walk, sometimes I'll go sit in the grass. Um, one thing that I love to do is reading books or being crafty, being creative. Sometimes um, I'm trying to learn how to uh, crochet. I've been crocheting for a little bit, but it's one of those things that on and off that I like to do. Sometimes it feels like work, sometimes it feels like self-care. It's one of those things where it's truly about what fills your heart in that moment. A couple other things that might surprise you is um, setting healthy boundaries. Saying no more often is an act of self care. Allowing yourself that space and that energy to know when you're done and when, when enough is enough. You know, um, one of the things that I did as an act of self-care was cut some toxic people out of my life. That was a way of, of for me to show myself that love of there's only, there's only so much time and energy in a day. And I love myself enough to say when enough is enough and limit interaction with people that don't bring joy into my life. Another way to care for yourself, identify negative self-talk and adjust it, shift it. That's how you start to shift your paradigm. Recognize those disempowering beliefs and start to shift them into empowering beliefs. And one last one, uh, no, I'm going to leave you with two more because these are, these are two really good ones. Um, pause. Give yourself a pause. When there's something that happens in your life and um, you instantly usually react and you're used to reacting with anger or frustration, pause. This is one of the most incredible things that you can do. Um, this happened to me recently as I've been practicing this for, practicing this for a long time and uh, it really hit home for me recently when I was driving and I got cut off by a car. And usually what is your instant reaction when you get cut off by a car? You're pissed off. And, and right? Uh, I paused and I remember thinking to myself, okay, I don't know what's going on in their head. Maybe there's an emergency. They need to go home. Maybe someone just passed away in their family and they're having a really bad day. Whatever it is, I give myself grace. I pause before I react. And the last one I want you to do as an act of self-care is to celebrate celebrate one thing every single day. Is it getting up and exercising even when that didn't feel like something you wanted to do? Is it saying no? Is it setting a boundary? Is it cooking a new meal? Is it trying new foods? Is it um, picking a new book up from the library? Whatever it is, celebrate each and every day because that will make a world of a difference in your life as you start to bring more positivity and more empowerment to your life. And remember, you know, the biggest thing that you, I want you to take out of this is if you can't care for yourself, you really can't care for anyone else in the way that you want to. And your personal relationships are really a reflection of, of who you are. And those that are closest to you will recognize your capacity to love. And when you can't, and when you're, when you're out, when you're empty, when you're running on empty. So when you learn to care for yourself, you'll eventually attract others who can do the same. You will attract more high frequency people to your life once you start embodying that yourself. 
So as we wrap up today, I want to, I want you to remember that self-care is the least selfish thing that you can do. And it really sets the tone for how you let the world and the, the people around you treat you. So if you want to start improving your relationships, start with self-care. So as I end this, I want to ask you, what is one thing that you can do today to care for yourself? That's all I have for today. I love you all. Talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you really liked today's episode, I'd love if you could leave me a review. This helps me know that these messages are resonating with you and also what to share more of. And if you're interested in learning more about Awakened Mom Life, you can visit awakenedmomlife.com. Also, if you'd like to get even more inspiration, head over to Instagram and Facebook and just search for Awakened Mom Life. Tag me and share your lessons that you took away from today's podcast. Be sure to share this episode with any amazing moms in your life who would also benefit from hearing this message. I love you and can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Namaste, my love.